everyone. We're back with Conversations with the Rabbi with Rabbi Scott Hausman-Weiss from Congregation Shema Kalenu. Today we're going to be discussing uh, the current revelations in Israel. We all know by now that uh, Benjamin Netanyahu has vetoed the creation of an egalitarian space at the Western Wall. As Reformed Jews or progressive Jews, Rabbi Scott, where do we go from here as far as turning, as far as creating a religion that is inclusive, that encourages conversion and survival of Judaism when we're up against so much? <laughs> That's a great question. The million dollar question. Yeah. I would, do, do I have a, uh, do, can I call a lifeline? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> this stuff's really hard, Laura. I mean, it's really hard because on some level when you ask, for example, about survival, uh, you know, for me, while I do believe that the Jews have been incredible survivors against all odds uh, throughout history, I'm always wary of what I call the sort of survival you know, mentality. Um, because once you're stuck in this mode of, well, how do we survive? Or how do we survive this or that or the other? Um, you know, you narrow and narrow and narrow your choices of you know, what it means you know, to survive as a Jew. And I think that, that the, the powers that be in Israel um, are very much stuck in a survival mentality that is incredibly narrow and incredibly uh, incapable of looking beyond themselves. Um, you know, if you look at the history of, of Jewish law with regard to conversion, you know, the very, very, very inc incredibly extreme requirements that Orthodox Jews, uh, that certain Orthodox Jews require today, uh, and particularly the leaders uh, in, in Israel, they are so, so much more than they ever were in, in when you look at the history of Jewish law. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, it's, and even if that becomes how some people perceive what it means to be a Jew. It's never been in our history um, monolithic in terms of having only one very, very narrow way uh, into becoming Jewish. Um, so it's, it's awful. I mean, plain and simple. I have no qualms of saying it. It is awful what um, Prime Minister Netanyahu has done um, I think it's a strange political world we're living in that has allowed him to do it and also openly admit that he was forced into this um, in order to maintain his coalition. Uh, but in, you know, in addition, the next thing on the chopping block is this issue about conversion and who gets to decide who converts to Judaism. And what's brought this whole thing so close to home for all of us is um, this recent revelation that the Israeli government listed 160 rabbis throughout the world whose uh, letters of affirmation that individuals who are born Jewish are indeed Jewish, uh, that those rabbis' uh, uh, affirmation will, will, not, uh, will not be accepted. To say nothing for what those rabbis or other rabbis have written to confirm uh, the Jewish identity of people who have converted to Judaism. And then to see Rabbi Joseph Radinsky on that list, I mean, that it is so appalling. You know, I moved here about five, six years ago, and 
I had the great honor and privilege to have met and spent time with Rabbi Radinsky. I certainly didn't know him as long as everybody who have been, you know, who are Houstonians. Uh, but he, the most pristine reputation. I mean, the man was so kind and so generous and so open and so caring, so committed to, and this, this is the piece that the Israeli government doesn't understand right now. He was so committed to Klal Yisrael, which is a term that refers to all of Israel. Um, you know, I always loved the rabbinic teaching that says that we, we shake the lulav and etrog with the lulav and the etrog and the myrtle and the willow because each of these four items, when brought together, that's how then one fulfills the mitzvah of shaking the lulav and etrog. Mm-hmm. And the rabbis teach that each one of these four pieces is representative of a kind of Jew. There's a Jew who has uh, Torah study and good deeds. There's a Jew who has uh, Torah study only. There's a Jew who has good deeds only. And then there's a Jew who has, there's a Jew who has neither. And they were insistent to say, and all four kinds have to be part of that effort. Mm-hmm. Or you can't, you can't properly uh, fulfill the, the, the mitzvah, the commandment of shaking the lulav and etrog, which is all about counting our blessings. Are you concerned that with this revelation with Rabbi Radinsky that as these as these things continue to unfold, there's going to be a possible lack of respect going forward for these kinds of um, these kinds of traditions, these kinds of um, you know? Are we going to say are are these are, are we going to say that are basically are we going to become so divided? as a nation of Israel, mm-hmm. that we're no longer going to say, all right, well, if Rabbi Rudinsky isn't included on your list of people who can call me Jewish and affirm that I am Jewish, then I don't care who's on your list. Right. And I'm Jewish anyway. And what does that mean for mm-hmm. us if mm-hmm. we end up, if, if we are two different sides here? We already do, but if we really mm-hmm. start very obviously considering um, different thing, different people to have different levels of validity. I mean, I, I feel like we're walking down a very dangerous road by doing that. I absolutely agree, and this is if if you're a watcher of Israeli history, you know this is this is only yet another uh, attack, yeah, on on the unity mm-hmm. of of the Jewish people. The, re- the reality is that that seventy percent of Israelis call themselves secular. Mm-hmm. Now, what's interesting though about many of those Israelis is that. They call themselves secular because they don't want to be considered religious because religious means a certain kind of Jew who maybe lives in a place called like Mea Sharim um, and who wears black hat and, you know, and the black coat and that, all that. Um, but the secular Israeli, you know, he speaks Hebrew. He serves in the Israeli army. He um, is a, many of them are, are, are staunch um, patriots of Israel um, and they make Shabbat. And they go to high holiday services, and they fast on Yom Kippur, and and when you start, you know, thinking about all the different things that that, that the Israelis do, right? They don't sound particularly secular no. people, and they're and 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 to 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 the schism is there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily going to get worse, um, but I do think we're moving into a new age 
of the way in which Israeli politics uh, interacts mm -hmm. with world Jewish politics that uh, may make that may deepen the schism at least for um, the youngest American Jewish generations alive today. Well, we can only hope that eventually we'll find our way somehow back to each other and hopefully be better for it. But we're certainly, I think, in a time in our history, both in Israel and in the U.S., yeah. where it's very unclear what's going to happen next because we're becoming so divided mm -hmm. in areas where I personally don't think we can afford to be divided. In Israel, I don't think we can afford to be divided. And what will happen of right. that, we have yet to see. Well, the pendulum swings wide, you mm -hmm. know, and, and let's hope that these moves will remind us. I mean, here's one thing I know for sure. It may take a while, but when an extreme effort, usually a religious extreme effort, is um, expressed and is using law and power to control broader parts of society that it doesn't embody, that it doesn't inhabit. Um, it's the beginning of the end of that group's hegemony, right? It's the beginning of the end because the moment you start having to uh, exert severe control to essentially uh, have an influence on and affect how people think mm -hmm. and how people live day to day, whom they marry, how th that's uh, historic, that's the beginning of the end. So it may take a while, but I do not believe that, um, that, that Shas will be able to remain in power because the narrower your base, the more, much, much more likely it is you're going to fall over. Amen to that. <laughs> That's all the time we have for today. But if you want to hear more, um, please join us next time and subscribe to our podcast, Conversations with the Rabbi, and leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts and share the word with your friends. We'll hope you join us next time. <laughs>